Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. I want to start something that will lead us up to the end of the year. Now, I don't know if you've made your calculations. It's about four months to Christmas. And, and I, I looked at my calendar and I thought, Lord, wow, there's so much that I still wanted to achieve before the end of the year. And I haven't got to one of the ten things that I wanted to do. Come on, I know I'm not the only one. You know, we all have, we all have that New, year, New Year's resolutions. Come on, that I'm going to lose weight this year. Come on, I'm going to get fit this year. I'm going to gain muscle. I'm going to do this. I'm going to clean that garage that I wanted to clean. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix up my garden. I'm going to plant this thing and I'm going to do that thing. And, and uh, I'm going to add that something to my house. Maybe you're saying, man, I wanted to, this year, I want to grow in my relationship with my kids. Or maybe you said, I want to be intentional in working on my marriage this year. You remember all those New Year's resolutions, all those goals that you want to achieve? Maybe you said, I wanted to spend more time with God. I wanted to grow my relationship with Him this year. But now we get to the middle of the year, and, and, and you, or maybe you just get to March, and you realize, ah, oh, I'm so behind, I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> I'm just going to forget about this. Um, I'm, I, I don't want to struggle to achieve this, so I'm just going to push it aside till next year. Ever been there? I'll just make it next year's resolution, next year's goal. But you get to the middle of the year and you realize, I haven't got to the stuff that I wanted to get to. I wanted to, I didn't get to the stuff that I really wanted to do this year. Now most, most people just give up or forget about it, and the others feel guilty about not getting to it. I'm probably one of those some of the time. Now if that's you, that you're saying, man, I'm not getting to that important things in my life. I'm not getting to it. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't get time to really do these important things in my life. I, I'm not getting to that place where I can achieve those most important goals that I set out for me, that dreams that I have that I want to reach. Now, if that's you, I've got good news. It is not too late. It is not too late. It's never too late to make change in your life. It can be the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, the end of the year. It's never too late to make that change. The topic of the series is Paper Planes to Paradise. You see, we all have a dream or a goal. You need to. If you don't have, you need one. You have a dream of a goal, and, and the thing is we're trusting God for that goal, and we're trying to achieve that goal in our lives. But sometimes there's obstacles that you're trying to get over. There's things that, I mean, I'm trying to get that, but I'm not reaching this goal. I'm not achieving what I want to achieve, but I'm not getting there. You see, you, you're saying, if I can only achieve that, reach that, if I only can conquer that obstacle, man, it will be paradise. It will be paradise just to get there before the end of the year. Now, I believe it's, it's not always the big changes we need to make to achieve that goals. We, we think, yeah, I mean, I need to make pretty big changes. I need to make pretty big choices this year to achieve that. But it's not just always the big changes that we need to make to achieve our goals, but it is all the small things that really makes a difference. The small little things that makes the big difference in our lives. See, the small, insignificant paper planes that can take us to paradise if we just throw it in the right direction. What kind of paper planes are you folding? What kind of small things are you implementing in your life? Now, let me give you some examples. 
When I was studying, I had a campus pastor, and man, he was amazing. He was one of those, you know, as a student, you just hang on his lips. I mean, he just, he's, he's a great, he was a great preacher. He still is today. Um, he planted a few churches since then, uh, living in New Zealand at the moment, ministry. And, and he was a great preacher, man, and he knew his word. I mean, I could ask him anything, and he knew exactly. He had so much knowledge of the word. And one day I sat with him. I think we were driving to a camp, and I was sitting in a car with him. I said, man, listen, you need to tell me this. How do you do it? How do you get to be so knowledgeable on Scripture and so, I mean, you know everything. You can debate everything. Apologetics, easy for him. And, and he said to him, it's easy. You know. Ten years ago, I made the decision to read through the Bible every year. And I thought, yeah, man, ten years. Come on, man. I, I don't have ten years. Is there a quicker method? I mean, it's, I mean, it's so tough. I tried it. He said, no, no, no. It's actually quite easy, Henny. I take 15 minutes every morning. And I just read, and as I do this little, small, little discipline every morning or every night, I get to read through the Bible once a year. And it's been 10 years, and, and God has been building my knowledge. And he said, Henny, this little, small thing made a huge difference in how I saw things and how I grew in my preaching. And my, it's just 15 minutes. I thought, well, that's easy. That's 15 minutes, are you sure? I see, in that moment, it took my devotional to a whole new level. It was a freeing moment to me. I remember when I was in my running career, most of you know I was a runner, and early in my running career, I was a young student, and I was in a, a very high-performing group that I was training in. Um, five of the guys in our group was number one to five on the South African list for 400 hurdles. So <laughs> the top five guys in the country. So I was the guy way at the back, in the training, uh, the running and trying to catch up and suffering. And, and, and I realized along the line, I was like, man, I'm really not fit because I'm struggling to finish my sessions. I just, I'm frustrated. I can't get ahead. I'm way behind. And we're running all those 500s. And, um, and when the guys finish, they have two sips of water and I'm just coming into the final stretch. You know, it's ridiculous. So there was one old guy in our group. He was only, the only guy who dominated the sessions. And I sat with him one day and said, man, how do you do it? How do you get to be so fit? I mean, I do the same stuff as you do. And it's been two years and I'm still struggling. And he said, well, Henny, it's easy. I, I just decided to do more running. And, uh, and I said, no way, man. I can't do more running. With my schedule and my classes and everything, I do the same stuff as you. How, where do you get this into your schedule? Because he was final uh, post-grad. And he said, no, no, it's easy. I says, I stay two kilometers from the track, so I just run to the track for warm-up, and then afterwards I just run back home. And I thought, is, is that all? He said, yeah, that's all. So I thought, well, I can do that. That's easy. So I started doing that, get my backpack and clip it on, and I ran to, to practice and training and ran back home. And after six months into the season, I went from top 50 to top 10 in South Africa, like this. A small little thing, a small little change made a massive difference in where I wanted to go. My paper plane started taking me to paradise. Over time, a small little thing can make a huge difference. A huge difference. I asked a marriage counselor one day and said, listen, how can, how can, I grow, how can we grow a marriage stronger? Our marriage a marriage, as I'm a pastor and I work with people, and without a blinking his eye, he said, well, you need to pray together. I thought, yeah, but listen, man, people don't have, a, 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 don't have time to do an hour prayer meeting every morning. He said, no, 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 I'm not talking about an hour prayer meeting. I'm talking about taking hands 30 seconds before you go to work or 30 seconds before you go to bed and you pray together. 
He says it's a small little thing, but it takes you to a huge difference in your marriage, and you start trusting God together for something. You see, small things can take us to things that make a big difference in our lives. Small things can make a huge impact, and we need a huge impact in our lives. I don't know about you. I still trust God to make a huge impact in my life, in my family's life, and in your lives before the end of this year. It's not too late. You see, it is, it's so many times that the small things that no one sees can result in the big things that everyone wants. Everyone wants the big things, but nobody wants to, to fold the small paper planes. Nobody wants to do the small things in life. They only want the big things. Now today I want to build a foundation. I want to build a foundation from where we will go in the next two to three weeks and, um, and to give us a bit of a roadmap to, to steer us to a place where we're going to end strong before that Christmas dinner is served. Amen. Then today at the end I'm going to give us one small, very significant paper plane just one small little thing that can make a huge difference in your life. A huge difference. I'm going to read from the book of Zechariah, and I'm going to read from chapter 4, but before we read this, I need to give you a bit of context. It's an Old Testament book, and, and there's a lot of stuff that happens in the Old Testament, but I'm going to give you a small, and we're not going to use a lot of Scripture today, but this little few five verses of Scripture I trust God it will open something for you today that will take us for the next four months and you can look back and say, wow, the Lord has done something incredible. Now, Zechariah 4, it was a time when this book was written, it was a time when the temple was totally destroyed. Now, if I'm talking about the temple, I'm talking about David's temple that his son Solomon built. Phenomenal temple, gold-plated, everything. It was incredible. I mean, Diamonds all over, gold all over. Solomon was extravagant in everything he did. This was, I mean, this temple was phenomenal. But the temple was destroyed and the Israelites were taken into captivity. They were slaves. Because they, they, they walked away from God. And they thought that religion will save them. Now this was a low point in the history of Israel. A low point. There was no place to stay. They were captured. And they had no temple to worship God. They were, it, was, it was a low point. Talk about a low point. Then about 500 years before Christ, God chose a man called Zerubbabel. A godly man God chose, and he sent him back to, to Jerusalem with a handful of Jew, Jewish Israelites to start out something new. And by time end, he became the king of Israel again. And 18 years past this moment, God spoke to Zerubbabel and said, I'm calling you back to rebuild this temple. I'm com also commissioning you to rebuild my temple so that people can worship again. And this is where we're going to pick it up. I mean, this is a massive task. If you think the temple that Solomon built, massive, gold-plated, everything, this thing was incredible. And it was rubble. It was literally leveled. And he had to rebuild this thing. So God came... A challenge and construction. I want you to rebuild this little thing, which is incredible. Now, let's read it together. Zechariah 4, verse 6. It says, Then he said to me, This is what the Lord says to you, Zerubbabel. This is the prophet Zechariah who's prophesying to Zerubbabel as king. Then he says, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength 
but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. This is very important. It's not by might or by power. Remember the New King James says, it's not by might or power. The New Living says, it's not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of, of heaven's armies. Now, now, this is amazing. God said to Zerubbabel, you need to listen. This is not going to be because you are good that the temple is going to be built. This temple will not be built so that you will get credit for it. I, I will build it by my spirit, says the Lord. Nothing that you can do better, Zerubbabel. I'm going to do this. So here's the thing. And here's the thing that I want us to hear this morning. We can try to change in our lives. You can try to change and try to change in your own power. But if you tap into the power and a greater power, a greater power than anything you can achieve or think, you'll be amazed. If you tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, the most powerful force in the universe, come on, when God spoke, the Holy Spirit created. The most powerful force in the universe, man, something supernatural changed. And this is what God says. You can try on your own, but I'd rather let you tap into the Spirit. I'd rather let you tap into the Holy Spirit, a power that is much greater than you think, and I'm going to amaze you. I'm going to do something supernatural through you. See, when we get transformed by the Holy Spirit, we can achieve whatever God wants us to achieve. We can. We've spoken about this so many times. You see, so many of us become passive or frustrated in that situation. We're struggling to try and to hold on, but there is an answer. How many of you have struggled? I mean, Lord, I'm just struggling through this season. I want to do this. I wanted to do this, but I'm, I don't get there. You know, I, I just get to this obstacle, obstacle and I struggle with this and I get frustrated. How many of you have bought those DIY cabinets or beds or stuff, that game? Or, you know, that stuff that you have to do it yourself. And, I mean, I, we had to do that once or twice. <laughs> now, now, in my household, I don't have a lot of tools. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. I don't have a lot of tools. I've got a few screwdrivers. And my wife comes from a home where her dad was like DIY machine. I mean, he could do anything. He can build anything. So yeah, we buy this thing. We're so excited. We buy this bed or cabinet. I can't remember. And I got my screwdriver out and I was ready. I'm going to screw this thing on and we're trying to build this thing. After a while, I mean, it's really struggled. I mean, I had to pray I mean, not using words, because I'm a godly man, you know, it's like, screw this thing. And then our neighbor came come up there with his toolcase, and he was, Omiyana, he was just a machine. I mean, he came and said, hey, are you struggling? And I don't know how he got there, but I don't, maybe my wife called him, or I don't know. Maybe she needed to repent on that, but I was really trying, and he was just, get out there, chuck his toolbox, can I help you, and power tool, done. Two minutes. And I was like, thank you feel so stupid at the moment. I mean, if you've, I mean, it's just, I'm not, I'm not wired to do all those things. I can if I had the power tool like he had. You see, so many times we fight in our own strength, but what we really need is that Holy Spirit power tool strength. Done. And we struggle in our own strength and we get frustrated and we don't know why we do this because we're trying and struggle in our own strength when God can do so much more through His strength. See, we can fight all day long in our own strength to make the changes we want and struggle with it, or we can tap into the Holy Spirit and suddenly it becomes easy. Suddenly there's a breakthrough. Suddenly you can see light at the end of this tunnel. 
You see, so many of us have struggled for years to change something, to improve something in our lives. But let's trust God for this year. He's going to do something. This year, He's going to come and break through. You know, four months is nothing in God's calendar. Four months, God can come and He can do something, and you can do small little things. You can fold small little paper planes, and suddenly in December, you're in paradise, and you don't know, wow, how did I get here? It's amazing. See, we will not do it by might or power, but by His strength, by His Spirit. Let's read the next verse. Verse 7, it says the following. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel set the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Now, next verse. Now, this is still Zechariah prophesying. Isn't it amazing that before the construction started, that God already saw the end? Isn't that amazing? You see, before we even attempt to do anything in our lives, whatever God put in your hand, in your hand on your heart, that goal that He set, that thing you're dreaming about, before you even started to attempt it, God already knew what the result will be. See, we only need to surrender to His Spirit and His power and say, Lord, it's all in your hands. I can't do this. He already know the end of what you're going to step into of the thing, the new season, or the new this that you're doing. God already knows the end. Look at the next scripture, verse 8 and 9. It says, Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundations of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Now, if you go back into history, and this is very important, if you go back and you go and read about how this temple was rebuilt, and how the things happened and, and what happened. If you go and look at all the historians and what they wrote, and as the rebuild started building this temple, this rebuild, which was quite a hectic rebuild. I mean, this is a construction thing that I don't think a lot of construction guys wanted to take on this job. But if you go and read through this rebuild history, it is quite interesting. It is actually quite awkward if you read through it. Because you can actually follow through the Old Testament. You can follow from the prophets of how they've rebuilt this. And, and if you go to the book of Ezra, yes, it's a, a book in the Old Testament, one for small prophets. It, it, Ezra actually tells about people that visited the building site. And when they visited the building site, <laughs> they actually cried. They cried when they saw it. Now, this is where the debate started. A lot of the historians says they cried because they were so emotional of seeing, wow, the Lord is rebuilding this amazing temple. Oh, my heart is touched. But most of the historians, most of them, actually had a different viewpoint. They said, no, no, the people cried because they were embarrassed. They were, they were literally, they were just embarrassed of this little pile of rubble and a little bit of stones. All of us like, where's our temple? Is this it? See, it was so small and so pathetic. Oh, my goodness, just a few rocks. Where? Is anything good going to come from this? That's what they felt in their hearts. Now the reality is that that is how we feel most of the time in our lives. Come on. You start with something in your life and you get to June, July, and it's like, oh man, I've been trying. I've been trying this. I've been running this treadmill to lose all this, all this weight. And it's been weeks and weeks and weeks and I've only lost one kilogram. You've been sticking to this diet that's been like, oh man, it's the worst diet ever. And I've been sticking to this diet and doing this diet and I'm worse off after a few weeks than I've been in week one. 
See, in that moment, we get so embarrassed and so discouraged with the small beginnings, the small things, and because there's not really big growth in our lives. And we look at the small thing and it's like, oh, I'm frustrated, I'm embarrassed, I feel like crying. <laughs> and in fact, when we planted this church, I remember so good. I mean, Stephen and Clarice, though, they were with us and, and, and some of you sitting here. I mean, we planted this church and, and the first few months we were like 8 to 12 people on and off on a Sunday, some morning 8, some 7, 10 people. And it was great because we were excited. Man, we planted a church. God is doing something amazing. And I remember um, about 8 months into this, 1, or 2, or 3 weeks, I remember some people were on holiday and, and there was like 3 people at church that morning. <laughs> and my wife was on the panel. I was here. And the kids were some. They were probably okay. But 3 people. And for the 3 people, 2 of them slept through all my sermon. Okay. And and there was a one walk-in, and he got saved, literally, radically saved. I thought, Lord, Lord, that's amazing, one salvation, yay. And I was on my way home, and I was literally, I was crying. I said, Lord, look at this little piece of stones, this rubble that I'm looking at. You're supposed to build this temple, Father. Where, where is this? I mean, I was down in the dumps. I was looking at the small little paper plane. Lord, what am I going to do with this? And the Lord knew that there was paradise on its, written on that thing. Because the next Sunday, over 40 people came, and, and most of you came, and, and it was amazing. And in one moment, God showed me that it might be small, but it's starting to make a big difference. God is starting to do something. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 is a well-known scripture. It says, don't despise these small beginnings. Don't despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He loves this small stuff. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. See, when we build a house, I don't take the truck with all the bricks and I reverse it and break and it's like a big, just dump all the bricks in one pile and then hope it forms a house as I dump it. It doesn't work like that. You take brick by brick and you build it. And, and that brick by brick, small little things, but God is doing something incredible in our lives. We look at the amazing people around us and we look on Facebook, and you look at your friends, and you look at their amazing lives, and you think, oh, they're so amazing. Oh, look, they do, do this, and they do that, and they look so strong and healthy. And, um, and, and you look in the Bible, and you read of heroes of the faith in the Bible, how good they were, and how amazing things they did. And you feel like, oh, I feel intimidated. <laughs> Come on, have you ever been there? I feel intimidated. I'm not as cool. I'm not as this. How can I ever do something like the heroes in the Bible, like David? David killed Goliath at the age of 15. I mean, that giant could barely come into that door. You know, it's massive. And he come in 15 years old, and he killed a giant, and he lead, leads armies. And, and we feel intimidated. But we forget that David tended sheep in the field. For years, he sat in that field, just being faithful at the small little things. David faced the wild animals. Protecting his sheep. Why? Because God was preparing him for his Goliath moments. Some of us here are, are, are faithful in the small little things in our lives because God is, is preparing you for that big Goliath in, that, in your life. Remember Daniel? Powerful man of faith, standing in the lion's den, looking lions face to face. God did amazing things to his life. And I think, Lord, how can I have faith like Daniel in my life? But I forget Daniel... 
had prayer three times a day on his face before the Lord, year in and year out. He was faithful with the little things as he was strengthening himself for the big things. See, it's the small little paper planes that no one wants to spend time with that brings us to paradise where everyone wants to be. It's that small little things in our lives that we like, oh, I can't do the small little things. I need to do big things. I need to make big decisions because I want to do big things in my life. No, no. It's the small things that lead to the big things that everyone wants. So in the next three weeks, we're going to look at three little paper planes. Three little things, very important things that can help us to catapult us to a place of paradise at the end of the year. And we're going to look at three things in the next two, three weeks. We're going to look at our thoughts. We're going to look at our words. And we're going to look at our habits. Now, what does that mean, Henny? I mean, what, what does this have to do with anything? Why is this so specific? In our lives, our thoughts are important because it becomes our words. Remember? Our thoughts becomes our words. Our words becomes an action. And that action becomes a habit in your life. And that habits creates your destiny. Very, very important. Your thoughts becomes your words. Your words becomes an action, and an action creates a habit in your life, and the habit creates a destiny. So week two, we're going to look at, and then we're going to trust God to make some changes in our thoughts. How are you thinking about life? And we're going to use words like, as a, people, as a person thinks in his heart, he becomes. Remember that scripture? So maybe you're sitting here and you want to you change your lives, you want to change your marriages, you want to change your relationships by changing the way you think. Then week three, we're going to speak about our words. Because life and death lies in the power of your words, your tongue. How do you speak? See, if you want to change your life or maybe your financial situation or maybe your attitudes in life or whatever, we need to change the words we speak how we speak about things. And then week four, we're going to speak about our habits. Why? Why are we going to speak about our habits? Because we become what we repeatedly do. And we need to speak about that and see what things do you do in your life and that's why you're not making it. So if we want to become a different person, we need to change our habits. We're going to trust God to make some small changes in the way we think, the way we speak, and the way we behave in this next three weeks. Now, it might be stupid as folding a paper plane and hope it will take you to paradise. But it is these small little things that nobody else usually notices. And in that lies the results and the breakthrough that we are trusting God for. Amen? See, there's so much power in focusing on one thing. So much power. One powerful thing can change your life and not in an instant, but small things at a time. David, you know, after everything he achieved, everything he conquered, everything he went through, David, he came at the end of his life and he says, there's only one thing, one thing that I want, and that is to spend time in his presence in the house of the Lord. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Remember that? That's the psalm he wrote. He says, just one thing, if there's one thing I can choose, that's the only thing, just one thing I want to spend time in his presence all the days of my life. Paul, come on, Paul was shipwrecked. He was stoned to death a couple of times. 
<laughs> he was snake bitten. I mean, he planted churches. He reached thousands for God. At the end of his life, he came. He said, if there's any one thing, one thing, I want to forget what is past, and I want to achieve what is ahead. I want to reach out to, the, to what is ahead of me because God is doing something ahead of me. I don't want to worry about the, the past. I don't want to look at the stuff that I've reached. No, no, I want to look at one thing, just one thing of what is ahead of me. We need to stop trying to control what we can do and trust Him to do what He can do. See, if we, if we focus on one small thing, one small thing, it is amazing what God can do through us. It's amazing what God can do through your life. Maybe you're saying, but Henny, I'm retired, or I'm this, I'm sitting here. I'm... Just one small thing can change something in your life, and God can use you to do so much more than you've ever think in your life. Now, we can also miss this one most important thing. We can. And if you miss this, you miss the blessing that God has stored up for you. I don't want to miss God's blessing. I don't know about you. Mary and, Mary and Martha... Remember that story? Jesus come and visit their house. and I mean, Mary just plunged at, at Jesus' feet. And she just sat there and enjoyed his presence. And Martha was running around to please everyone around them. And Jesus said to her, look at Martha and said, Martha, there's only one thing that is important. If you miss this, you might miss a lot. And that one thing is what Mary has taken it. She chose the blessing. She chose the presence sitting with me. Don't miss that one thing. Remember the, the wealthy young man who came to Jesus and said, man, I want to join you. How can I be a disciple of Jesus? Jesus said to him, there's only one thing you lack. One thing. Sell everything you have and come follow me and give it to the poor and come follow me. But that was tough for him because his material possessions were so important that he missed the true blessing that God has stored up for him. So here's the challenge for us today. <laughs> and it's not a big challenge. It's a small challenge, but it can have a big effect in your life. Here's the challenge for this series. Now, I want you to write this down, make a mental note, make a note on your phone, um, but I want you to walk out here this morning and notice that there's something that I need to go and do tonight, tomorrow, the week after that, but hopefully not that long, hopefully as soon as you can, but this is what I want you to do. This, you can call it homework if you want to. I want all of us to write down one specific word. One specific word that would define and direct the rest of your year. Just one word. One word that can direct you to the end of this year. Now, it's not a New Year's resolution because you're going to forget those things and you're going to struggle with it. It's not a statement. It is just one word that will direct the rest of the year. Maybe you need wisdom. Maybe that's your word. Maybe you need wisdom for decisions you need to make and stuff you need to do. Maybe you need wisdom. So wisdom is my word that I'm going to trust God till the end of the year. Maybe you long to strengthen yourself in the Lord. That's just one word, strengthen. Maybe you need strength in your life and your family, where you're going, maybe in the work and decisions. But Lord, I need strength. I want to strengthen myself in you and maybe be a stronger father or mother. Maybe that's your word. Maybe you realize that you need to reach out more. You need to love people. Maybe that's your word, to love. Love others. Make sure you get God's love in your heart so that you can act on that. What is God speaking to you about? One word, very simple, 
very direct, but very powerful. You see, then, very important, then we need to ask God. Do you have your word? Go and ask God, Lord, what scripture can I add to that word? Now, it's very easy. If you open your Bible, most of our Bibles have a concordance at the back. Or you go and search the word, love, scriptures on love, wisdom, scriptures on wisdom, and go and read all those scriptures. Find one scripture that you can add to this one very important paper plane. This one thing that can direct you. Because it's not by might, my might, my power, because it's by His Spirit that we get direction. We need to get the Scripture and the Word to one directive Word that God's going to give us for this year. And as you write it down, you start meditating on it. And as you meditate on that Word, you start reading about it. And you start thinking about it. And that little paper plane starts taking you to paradise. So when we focus on one God-breathed word, one word, one God-breathed word, you will be amazed how different this year would be before Christmas. I promise you. This is how amazing God has created us because when we focus on one thing and we pull everything towards that, Lord, I need wisdom for this year. So I'm going to read about wisdom. I'm going to trust you in your word about wisdom, Lord. I'm going to read about Solomon. I'm going to read about these things. And I'm going to try to create wisdom moments in my life, my kids, my work. Suddenly, you start meditating on this. You add that scripture to it, and God starts doing a miracle. One word, one small thing, big difference. Big thing in your life. You see, a small paper plane will show us paradise if we trust God with the small things powerful things. So I want to, I've probably never done this before, but I want to ask your commitment, because I know it's, it's going to take a commitment to see that God's going to change. It's going to be four weeks that we're going to speak about this, but it's going to be four months that you're going to commit to this one word of focusing on this. So if you're here this morning, if you, you don't have to put up your hand, but if you want to commit, say, I want to commit to getting one word and one scripture. I'm going to trust God to bring a difference in my goals achieving what I want to achieve, to get what I want to get. I want to be part of that. Come on, if that's you, quickly raise your hand. There we go. But it's a commitment you make in your heart that says, I'm going to sit tonight for an hour or half an hour, maybe 10 minutes. Maybe the word's already in your heart and you know exactly. But I want to go into that scripture. I'm going to go into the word. I'm going to find a scripture to add to that word. I'm going to write it down on top of my study or wherever I'm at. I'm going to look at that word and I'm going to trust God. Lord, I need some wisdom. I need some guidance. I need strength. I need love. I need you to do something. And I'm going to focus on that one thing, that one small little thing, so that you can do something great in my life. Amen. Can we stand together? We're going to pray. Did I speak to someone here this morning? Just a little bit. <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm really excited. I know exactly. I know God is going to do something incredible. I've got such an expectation for this last few months of this year because God hasn't done, he hasn't done what He can do. He's still going to do something amazing. And might be looking at a low point, looking at the temple and you see the rubble and a few stones and you feel like, ah, oh, Lord, how, how is anything going to come from this? God says, it's not by might, your strength, but it's by my spirit. I can do this in your life. I can. So Father, we thank you this morning. 
we pray and we, we, we glorify you and we thank you that you are in control. We don't have to be in control. We don't have to run around and do things and, and, and make it happen, Lord. But we want to be like Mary, sitting at your feet, trusting you in that moment, Lord. Getting direction from you. When we do, that we know that it is small little things that build up into something powerful. And Lord, I pray that you, that you will encourage our hearts this morning. That we will not look at the outer, but we will look at the inner. At the strength that you've been given us. That there might be moments that you feel that, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to get through this obstacle. I don't know how to get through this tough time. I don't know when is this season going to change. And it's going to be in that moment where you're going to look at that one word, that scripture, and the Holy Spirit will come and encourage you in that moment. Maybe your word is just to breathe. You need some breathing space. And God says, I will bring rest onto you. Just supernatural rest. And as you step into that place, you're going to start meditating on that thing. And Lord, I thank you that that moments of meditation on that scripture and that word will be supernatural. Supernatural. Lord, we trust you for supernatural moments in our lives, in our jobs, in our families, our relationships around us, our friends. Lord, on, on the goals that we have to still achieve before the end of the year, and maybe people are forcing that goals onto us and and that's what our job requires. And Lord, I pray that that moments of feeling, oh, I can't do this, will change to a place of, Lord, it's not by my might or my strength. It's by your Spirit. It's by your Spirit you're going to shift this. You're going to change this. So Lord, we give this to you this morning. We're taking off every bit of anxiety, every stress, everything that we feel that we need to do this. And we give it to you and Lord, Thank you that you start changing my mindset, my perspective. Lord, I pray for just your spirit that will come in and change the way we think, the way we speak and the way we act in life. And Lord, as we speak about these things in the next few weeks, Lord, that your spirit will come and speak to us and guide us and lead us. That we will be better four months from now Father, it's a, it's a lifetime for you. You can do something in an instant. So if you're here this morning and you feel overwhelmed and you feel that, yo, this is a bit, this is a bit much, I want to pray for you and I just want you to put your hand on your heart and I know everybody's eyes are closed. And just in that moment where you feel, Lord, I need just need some clarity on the small things, Lord. Just small little things. And that you will show me the power in the small things in my life. And that I will see you do great things. Maybe it feels I overwhelmed. I don't see the picture. I just see a bunch of rubble and a few stones. Lord, show, me, show us the picture, Lord. Show us the miracle because you've seen the end already. You've already blessed it. You've already blessed it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. 
For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.